0: Good afternoon, everybody. Eric LaFoam here, joined by my partner, Dr. Donald Boyne. This is our weekly Influence Show where we come to you live. We also podcast. We have it up on YouTube, sharing ideas to help you become the most influential person that you can be. And I know, Dr. Boyne, you came up with our show idea for today. So tell everybody your thoughts on what we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, Today we're going to talk about traits and characteristics of sales superstars that Eric and I would like you to cultivate within yourself. In a lot of our shows, you know, folks, we started this podcast in February and some of you have been with us since February. So God bless you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Eric and I had a chance to do a little bit of promotion of the show today, so I hope we have some new people joining us from around the United States and Canada. I see some of our regulars have already signed in. We appreciate all of you. And what occurred to me is I was thinking about, you know, over the weekend, Eric and I think about, well, what should we talk about this week? We have a lot of recorded shows, which you can watch. You can do a search on YouTube. Or you can uh, listen to them, the audio on Podbean. I think that's it. Uh, and what I was thinking about this weekend, you know, I've worked with all kinds of salespeople in so many different fields financial planning, mortgages, high tech, uh, real estate sales, uh, selling from the front of the room, uh, promoters. Uh, just you know i've worked with a lot of fortune 500 companies and i was thinking what what do these people have in common now besides knowing sales techniques every sales trainer teaches sales techniques so i started thinking about traits and qualities that we can cultivate within ourselves that really increase the odds for achieving a lot of success making a lot of money helping a lot of people the first one i'd like to talk about is time urgency there's a way that highly successful people in sales look at time that and it goes way beyond time management because you know time management is is very useful eric teaches it i teach it you know you make up list you make up your most important list of things to do you start at the most urgent at the top of the page but the problem is that i have seen people and i've even done this myself we make up the list and we start at something that's on the bottom of the page. Have you ever done that? You ever been there? I've done that. Or I start with something that's not even on the page. You know, I get distracted by by something going on and uh, or I just don't wanna face what I have to do. So I I wanna encourage you to cultivate this time emergency. A major insight I've had that you may wanna write this down, folks, is that when we're wasting time, we're not just wasting time we're wasting our lives when we're wasting time we're not just wasting time we're wasting our lives if you are religious if you are spiritual you know you you probably see yourself as uh, a creation of god that you know we're not just some random mass of protoplasm we're here for a reason to make this world a better place to help other human beings and so you're really, you know, you you're not doing what God wants you to do. God gave you gave each of us a lot of great gifts, and he, God wants us to use those gifts. And so there's an obligation there. Uh, you have to have a way of convincing yourself to uh, view time in a different way, or you're not going to nearly achieve the level of success that you deserve to achieve in sales. I want to give you a, a few quick examples of this. Now, the first example is a situation that many people find themselves in, especially if you're in corporate sales or even if you're not in corporate sales. But frequently, and I've been in this position many times, you are up against and you're told by a company or even by an individual who might be hiring you, hey, I'm looking at five other people, or I'm looking at three other people. I'm looking at six other competitors. You might be required to uh, fill out a proposal or submit a proposal. What are you going to do? How are you going to help our company? Hey, I'm looking at five different real estate agents. Tell me why I should hire you. Tell me why I should give you the listing for my beautiful house, for you to sell my beautiful house. And one of the things I've seen over and over again is that, you can have the very best proposal but you know what if it's one day late i guarantee you you're not going to get the work you're not going to get the sale you're not going to get the listing in real estate so you you have to have that time urgency Uh, sometimes i'm a psychologist so i like to look at how do people develop bad habits. And I think school is terrible. I knew so many people in school. You know, I earned a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a PhD, and even in my PhD program, I had fellow students who would procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate and like the paper was due tomorrow and they would say, "Hey Donald, let's get together tonight. Let's pull an all-nighter. You know, let's uh I'll make a bunch of coffee. We'll get some pizza and we'll you know, we'll write our papers." And you know one of the things i did and this it actually lowers your stress folks when here's something else you can write down when you have more time urgency it actually lowers your stress people think oh i don't want to stress myself i'm such a delicate little snowflake no folks by by putting things off uh, until the last minute uh, you're increasing your stress. It's it's hard to get a good night's sleep. So uh, you want to get it. the smart thing to do is to get that proposal in early if you can. People who are hiring they respect that. They say this is someone who's really on the ball. They're going to market the heck out of my house. You know they're going to do a great job for me. They're not going to be late. I'm not going to have to you know hit them with a cattle prod to get them to do the work I want them to do. I want to give you another example here. This is from a real estate agent that I worked with uh, earlier this year. And one of the things that I shared with him, which he already knew, most people in real estate know this, is that one of the best ways to get listings is to go after the expired listings. When someone lists their house with an agent, they might give them a listing for three months. I'll give you three months, George. Or marry to, to sell my house, and at the end of the three months, if they have not gotten a good offer on the house, they're pretty frustrated with the agent, and they're probably not going to renew with that agent. So you can look up these expired listings. There are services that will send them to you as soon as they expire, and you can, you know, you you can uh, contact those people. Well, I was working with one of my clients in real estate. And uh, he was going after these expired listings, but he was kind of lollygagging around, wasn't really taking it that seriously, didn't have uh, that much time urgency about it. And I I really stress the importance of being the first there, uh, sending the first email message uh, a great way to contact uh, uh, people is through texting tech text, i think i find people respond better to text have you found this out than to emails i mean they i just sent a text right before this uh this show and i got an immediate response back from someone which i'm gonna deal with that uh right after the show hopefully i'll make a sale so um I, I encouraged him to do that, and I said, if you're in the neighborhood when this comes through on your cell phone, uh, an expired listing. Uh just show up at the person's house and knock on the door. I had to do some like psychological work on him to get him mentally comfortable with that. But I said, you're doing them a favor. You're showing them that, you know, this is how you market. You're assertive. Be, be I said, be very, very friendly when you knock on the door. They may not be home, maybe just one spouse is there. But you know, this is really impressive because most agents don't do that. Well, here's here, here's this is the right way to do it. Folks, he actually did that. He talked about it. We talked about it for several months. He didn't do it, and then a listing came up. This is a $3.5 million home. He got the listing on it, and folks, when that house sell- sold, he didn't sell the house, but he did get the listing part of the commission, and when that house sold, he made almost a $100,000. That was his share of the commission. And one final quick story, and I'm going to turn it over to my friend and partner, Eric Laufel, is, um Actually, I want to give you a couple of real, real quick ones. One of them, since we are on social media, um, you know, folks, you get people that contact you on social media, or or it can be through email, and those leads expire quickly. People lose their interest very quickly, and I've helped several of my clients over the last couple of years uh, get more business through LinkedIn. And one of the saddest things I've seen, I had a, a woman I was working with, I helped her generate a lot of leads and I did. I would do follow up with her and she was just so slow to respond. In some cases she took four or five days and she missed sales that she should have had. And I kept trying to emphasize the, you know, the importance of this to her but I was not getting through. And then one day I said this to her, I'm not going to use her name here, it's a small world, but I said, you know something, you have lost over $20,000 this year because you've been so slow in responding to these leads that are coming in over LinkedIn. And she thought about it for a minute and she said, you know, Dr. Munt, it's actually over $30,000. And I said, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to him the same day. I'm going to get on LinkedIn every day. I'm going to look at these messages. I may not do much else, but I'm going to respond to these messages. Um, okay, I've got a couple more examples, but I think you guys get the point. Increase the time urgency and, and just you know, jump on opportunities quickly because they do fade quickly. Eric, I'm going to turn it over to you
0: love those ideas dr Moyne. and if you're just joining us we're talking about traits of sales champions sales superstars uh we'd love it if you type into the chat and let us know what part of the world are you joining us from today and i want to share a couple of quick stories with you <clears throat> and the first one is teaching the trait of sales creativity and years ago i was married to my first wife And we lived in a two-bedroom condo and we owned the condo and it was in san diego and i guess there weren't a lot of available condos on the market and we got this letter in the mail from a real estate agent and it said i have a client who's looking for a condo like the condo that you own and if you would consider selling my client is willing to pay top dollar and it said, you know, call if you want more information, something like that. And so I'm like, we, we had no interest in selling, but I thought top dollar. I want to hear what this is. So I called up the realtor. The realtor came over and met with us. Yes, this is legit. My client's looking for a condo like yours. And if you'd be willing to, to sell, we would like to, to submit an offer. And so I was like, all right. So I told my wife, you know, if they come in with a certain number, let's take it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we got the number. I don't know if we had to negotiate it or not, but Dr. One, we sold that condo. We it wasn't even in our thought process to sell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the agent used sales creativity. Mm-hmm. And then the next story I want to tell all of you is when I was involved with the um the campfire, which is the fire that burned down the town of Paradise. And I was very involved um, volunteering my time. And i found out that there was millions of dollars available in this um nonprofit in chico california and they had collected all this money from all these different sources and for the the people i was advocating for it's like i want to get some of that money because there's literally like 50 million dollars that's sitting there and you just had to ask for it in a certain way and if you had the formula right you got the money so what i did dr moyn mm-hmm. i drove to chico mm-hmm. without an appointment mm-hmm. i walked in and i asked for a meeting with whoever i could talk to mm-hmm. about getting some of that money for the people i was advocating for and what i'm going to tell you dr Moyne, it doesn't even sound believable mm-hmm. so the ceo walked out and had heard of some of the work I, I had been doing for the the fire survivors walked me back in the conference room. Within five minutes, I was sitting at the table with the CEO and three of her executives Mm -hmm. and I was telling him my story. And not that day, but over time, I was able to get over a quarter of a million dollars for the people that I was advocating for. Mm -hmm. And then the third story is around hunger. Mm -hmm. And back when I was with Tony Robbins, what I figured out was I was doing these little, many motivational speeches in companies promoting tony seminars and there was a team of us that would live in like chicago or atlanta georgia or san francisco california and the the home office booked these these speeches and everyone wanted like the um the stockbroker meetings or the big real estate meetings because that's where you can sell a lot of tickets and the the gym membership you know the gyms were like really undesirable and the the toastmaster meetings like people didn't want those and so I would go to my, my colleagues and say, listen, if you have any meetings you don't want, I'll gladly run them. So I picked up all these extra appointments
1: mm-hmm.
0: that they were not willing to run. And I saw value, one, it's more at bat, so I'm going to make more sales. And two, it's more repetition, so my skill set's going to accelerate faster. And so those are a couple of traits that I wanted to share. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you.
1: Oh, those are great, great examples. You know, you're, I'm glad you brought up uh, creativity, Eric, uh, because that is so important. Uh, and it's, it's not usually taught in sales training courses. Um, it reminds me of another real estate example. This was not an example of one of my clients, but this was a story that I heard a number of years ago and uh it was a story about uh, a guy who was selling houses in phoenix arizona and phoenix arizona is one of the i think it's probably the hottest major city in the united states in the summer it's even hotter than las vegas i had a summer uh, I, I had a uh, second home in Las Vegas for 14 years that I just sold a couple years ago. So I've spent summers in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, Las Vegas is a dry heat. It's 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 actually on, you know, just in terms of the number of degrees, it's lower than it is in Phoenix. You can check it out this July and August. But Phoenix also has a huge number, uh, even more um, uh, golf courses than Las Vegas. And so that adds to the humidity. So now Phoenix on top of the intense heat is getting humid, which is not a good combination. Well, this guy, uh, people would, you know, uh, see these houses in the summer. uh, Some real estate agents just give up. They think you can't sell anything, much of anything in the summer in Phoenix. And Yet yeah, this guy was very successful. And one of the things he would do, of course, he would keep the air conditioners on full blast, but he was so creative. He would actually, not in all cases, but in, in a few cases, he would set up Christmas trees. He would, so people would walk into the house because they think, oh, I'm just going to see another house. And the house was darkened. It was cool. It was actually kind of cold. And, and they would walk into his big magnificent living room and there is a christmas tree with all these sparkling lights and he was saying you know it's hot outside but i want to tell you something in the winter it actually gets fairly cool here in Phoenix. You know, it's it's not going to snow, but it gets fairly cool. And I want you to picture you and your family next to this big, beautiful stone fireplace here. And you know, you're going to have your Christmas tree. And I was wondering, where would you look around this big, beautiful room? with these high ceilings where would you put your christmas tree would you put it here where i put it would you put it over there uh, where would you put your sofa where would your family sit and he would get people engaged in this conversation and they'd be thinking about christmas and about how cool it is and you know there's a lot of people move from out of state to to phoenix and that was one of the one of his secrets to selling more houses in a tough season in the summer in phoenix than other real estate agents because he was more creative the next one i'd like to share with you is a a, a trait or a characteristic or a way of thinking is i want you to cultivate the belief that i am worth more i want you to all to write that down i am worth more and i I look at the highly successful salespeople I'm working with now, the people I've worked with over the last 20 or 30 years, they're very different in many respects. Some of them are tall, some of them are short, some of them are skinny, some of them are a little on the heavier side. They're of all different races, but they all felt like I deserve more. And so that that strongly affects your behavior, folks. That strongly affects your behavior. Uh, put your hand on your heart right now let's anchor this in this is a you know the anchoring technique from neuro linguistic programming put your hand on your heart and tell yourself this with great sincerity and great feeling i deserve more i deserve more success i deserve more sales i i want you to uh, put write down that word more m-o-r-e in very large letters just say that word for the rest of this week and and even going forward just say that word as much as you can when you talk to yourself you know folks we we talk to ourselves at the rate of around 200 words a minute you're probably talking to yourself right now you're saying wow this is interesting or you're saying uh you know when's you going to tell me a story or you're saying uh, you know you're talking to yourself about i've got a sales call after this i don't know what you're saying but i know a lot of you are talking to yourself as you're listening to me there's nothing wrong with that but make sure you're saying the right things to yourself and one of the best most positive words you can use is i deserve more it doesn't mean you're egotistical you're better than anyone else but so many people in life and in sales are satisfied with so little they start making ten thousand dollars a month and they're satisfied they put their their feet up on you know on the desk they get up late they quit early and it it really has a profound impact on their sales and and for some of some folks they've been doing this for so long for so many years they don't even realize what they're doing to themselves there's their but their internal dialogue is controlling the show you know they're saying gee i i made uh, twelve thousand dollars this i made twelve thousand i only you know, i was only shooting for 10 i can kick back next month have you ever done that folks i've i've done that myself sometimes i've i've had some killer months and killer years and i've and i've just kind of kicked back and and i and i've lost opportunities because i didn't have the hunger you know I, i call it the hunger in the belly the hunger in the stomach that drives you forward that hunger for success so put that word more into uh, your vocabulary, we all have it in our vocabulary, but use it more frequently when it comes to your success, your clients, your customers. I want to share with you a couple of stories here. Uh, and, you know, folks, sometimes you have to do some things. There's a saying that successful people do the things that unsuccessful people don't want to do. Successful people do the things that unsuccessful people don't want to do. And the funny thing is, at first you start doing some of these things and you think, wow, I'm not comfortable doing this, or this is a little bit stressful. And the reason, let's figure this out, folks, let's put on your thinking cap. The reason you are not as successful as uh, not as uh, comfortable with it is that it's new. Anytime we do something that's new, it, it we're not going to be in a comfort zone. But you know, there's a saying that there's no growth in the comfort zone, and there's no comfort outside of the comfort zone. Now, I don't, I don't believe the second half of that. I think you can, because I've experienced it in my own life. You could become very, very comfortable, you know, with new behaviors. I've changed my diet uh, several times. I just actually I just changed it over the weekend. <laughs> and one of the things I do every day is I measure my my blood glucose. You know, once a day, I, I try to uh, make sure that my blood sugar does not get too high. And it is amazing that my I was able to drop my blood glucose by about 15 points by making a couple of little adjustments in my diet, which I think was already pretty good. And the first day I did it, I thought, wow, I, I don't know if I can stick with this. And like the second day and the third day, I'm actually enjoying it and I'm thinking, I, you know, this, this tastes wonderful. This tastes great. I feel great. My blood glucose is low. So you're going to get more and more comfortable with it. So here's, here's the story I want to share with you is that for two and a half years, Eric and I have been working with a healthcare technology company that I've mentioned this, this company to you guys before in a previous podcast, they have uh, developed a breakthrough visor. You know, Apple today came out with a a $3,500 headset that uh, combines virtual reality and augmented reality. Well, the company we're working with, they've had this for two years. And uh, Eric and I have been helping them with their marketing. And one of the things they wanted us to do is to meet with their team that is raising money for the company. We've helped them raise almost 30 million dollars in two and a half years. Uh, when they want us to meet with them every Saturday morning at 8 30. You know we work Eric and I work hard all week we have other things to do on the weekend but you know what in two and a half years I have been there for every single meeting Eric has missed a few because he's, he's super super busy he's running groups but uh we have and then we you know we've had other meetings with them we write emails for them we've helped them bring in almost 30 million dollars and the reward for that folks not only are they paying us in money but they're also paying us in stock and when this company goes public which is going to be in less than two years Eric and I can make we have the potential of making, a whole whole lot of money from that stock because uh, it's uh, we acquired it at our first batch of stock was at $1.30 a share, which we didn't have to pay for. And, uh, the stock is now at 275 a share, but when it goes public, the underwriters say it's going to be over $20 a share. So you're going to have some very rich rewards for breaking out of your comfort zones. And I want to give you one more quick example and turn it over to my friend, um, Eric, and that is I had a client in Florida. Actually, I'm still working with him. I don't want to say had Um, and he was driving all over Florida. He's a financial advisor to do seminars, financial planning seminars. Uh, And sometimes this guy, he really has all these traits we're talking about here today. He has time emergency. He breaks out of comfort zones and some some months he was doing 25 seminars a month he was doing lunch seminars dinner seminars 25 a month well he got tired of driving all over florida and he got this idea of he got a driver the first thing he did to break out of his comfort zone he got a driver so he wasn't driving but he found he couldn't really work much and it still took a lot of time so he got to the idea that i am going to lease a private jet and you know what He he leased the private jet. He broke out of his comfort zone and the next year he brought in almost ten million dollars in commissions due to his increased efficiency. Now, I know that's that to a lot of you seems like an extreme example. You know, I don't I don't know what the number is for you, but I know that we can each be a lot more successful if we focus on breaking out of our comfort zones and asking for more out of life and doing what's required. Eric, I'll turn it over to you for a final example.
0: Fantastic, Dr. Mona. I love the ideas and I have a couple of quick thoughts um, as we wrap up the show. And you said something to me many years ago Mm -hmm. and you've said it to me several times. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there's things that you'll say that will just they'll just stick in my mind Mm -hmm. and what you said was um dissatisfaction is your friend Mm -hmm. and um when heather and i got married we were um we you know she had her place and i had my place and so we we moved into a, a home together and we were renting and we were unable to buy a home at that point and uh, although it was a beautiful home, I mean, if you looked at this thing, it was just it was amazing. You got a pool in the backyard and it's plenty big and it's beautiful. And uh, but it, we were renting and um, I was very, very dissatisfied um, with that situation. And so uh, I was highly motivated to uh, purchase a home. And one of the things that you have said to me is something to the effect of the things that you're dissatisfied with now will be different in five years because you'll be motivated to make it make it different. and So I wanted to share that with all of you because you may have something in your life right now that you're dissatisfied with. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your income. You're dissatisfied with the number of clients you have. You're dissatisfied with the size of your company and that that can be a huge asset for you. Mm-hmm. The other idea wow. I want to share with all of you mm-hmm. is this is a, uh, an idea that I got from Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And he, he told this story of uh, this castle that he bought. And the way the story goes is uh, he could not qualify for the castle. It was like literally a castle overlooking the the Pacific Ocean in Del Mar, California. And so the way he got the guy to sell it to him was he agreed to make a quarterly balloon payment of like a quarter million dollars. some like huge amount. And if he didn't make the quarter million dollar payment uh, for however many years he made that agreement. Uh, the guy could take the house back, the castle back. And so uh, anyway, that Tony Robbins apparently never had the property foreclosed on and he massively increased his income. And this, the way he teaches the principle is to put yourself in a position that demands that you succeed. And so I have used that idea repeatedly in my